So this process of evaluating your next opportunity aligned with your values has three different parts. Part one is grounding yourself in your values. Part two is identifying that opportunity. And part three is evaluating the opportunity centered in your values. So first and foremost, when are we even doing this evaluation? Um, So you can do this really at any point in the process. You might, you know, follow this process before you decide to apply. You might apply to an opportunity or a job and then do this process. But I would suggest to do it before the interview stage if possible, or maybe after an initial recruiter call. Welcome to You Belong in the C-Suite podcast. You are ambitious in life and in your career, but something is missing. You want to bring more of your passion to what you do, because let's be honest, you pour a ton into your work and it needs to mean more. I'm your host, Laura Eigel. I'm a mom, wife, PhD, coach, advocate, introvert, and indoor rowing fanatic. I'm passionate about living a life that's in line with my values. We'll give you the actionable tips and tools you need to lead with your values, make a difference, and have career success. The world needs more diversity and authenticity in the top jobs at organizations. Your leadership belongs there. You belong in the C-suite. Recently, a senior leader in an organization told me that she loves how I help people find their way. And I think that's a really great way to put it. Career transition can be a lonely place and it's all about finding your way and finding their way is a common theme that my clients have. They may not ask this specific question, but when you boil it down, they are asking this, should I stay or should I go? Sometimes this question is about a specific role. Sometimes they're asking about the whole company. Am I ready to move on to my next thing or when should I move on to the next thing? I've identified five categories within this question. Should I stay or should I go? Whatever the answer is to that question, you need a plan. So I've built out five different action plans according to the paths that my clients have taken to answer these questions. Are you aligned? Are you heading for burnout? Are you already ready for your next job, but maybe just need a confidence boost? Have you already made the decision to leave, but you just haven't pulled the trigger yet? Or should you stay in place and continue to grow? Find out which category fits you and get the free action plan to take your intentional step in your career. Take the should I stay or should I go quiz now and download your customized action plan at thecatchgroup.com slash quiz. That's thecatchgroup.com slash quiz. Welcome to this week's episode of the You Belong in the C-Suite podcast. I wanted to start out this episode by sharing a recent five-star review that we received from Apple Podcast. It really helps other people find the podcast, so I just want to thank you so much for taking the time to do that. So this one was submitted by the screen name Driscoll's Mom, and they say, Laura is a fantastic host. I marvel at how she can read between the lines of what her guests are saying and put a question on the table that takes it three layers deeper than a listener would be expecting. I love her relentless pursuit of aligning her values with her work and encouraging the rest of us to do the same. 
This is a great listen. Highly recommend. Thank you so much for your feedback and for the review. It means the world to me. So this week we are continuing our career transition series. And this is a series that stems from themes from my coaching clients set in specific points in the career transition process. The first episode in this series is from last week, episode 96, Should I Stay or Should I Go? And if you haven't listened to that episode yet, I would suggest that you start there. And in that episode, I broke down the five categories of leaders that I have found most common in this career transition space. And in that episode, we launched our Should I Stay or Should I Go quiz, and it is really exciting seeing leaders taking it and downloading the action plans that come with it. I had a few hunches on which category would be the most common, but it's really interesting to see just how many people have fallen into some of these categories. And so it feels like this is something that has is resonating with people. And it's too early to say, you know, where the data are. I need to see more over time to really understand all of the trends, but it's been cool to see that that you are all filling it out. And on my end, I can see how many people get different results and how many people are taking action, not who got what, but but what action are people are taking. So I love that tangible side of my business that I can put something out into the world and people are downloading it. It makes me feel really good. So thank you for everybody who's doing that. If you haven't yet, go take the should I stay or should I go quiz at thecatchgroup.com slash quiz. So that was the first episode in the career transition series. This week's episode will focus on another point in the career transition process and another common question that my clients ask me. When clients do decide to look for a new opportunity outside of their organization, they ask, how do I know if this is the right culture and how do I evaluate it based on what I want? So first, I love these questions because clients are putting themselves at the forefront as opposed to what we usually do, you know, seeing if we fit the opportunity. So let's talk about that for a minute. There have been multiple studies done that show that when looking for a job opportunity in, you know, job search mode, women look at the job description like a checklist and they see the job requirements as a checklist against their own skills and abilities. So very commonly, if they don't check all the boxes, like a hundred percent, then they're not even applying to those roles. And in some studies compared to men, men applying apply to the job if they only meet 60% of the requirements. So you do the math. If women aren't applying unless they meet 90 to 100% of the requirements, then we are knocking ourselves out of the process. And there's lots of reasons for this. Socialization. We've been conditioned to do lots of different things. There's imposter syndrome. And in episode number six of this podcast, is called the lies of imposter syndrome. I tell you about two different times that I did this in my own career. So once very early in my career, and then once very a lot later in my career as a tenured executive, I did not initially apply for jobs like that after finally grounding myself in my values or getting the support that I needed from a friend to help me, you know, remember all my accomplishments. I did end up applying for some of those roles but if I hadn't, then I wouldn't have gotten those opportunities. So listen to that episode to get the full details and story. But if I didn't apply, then I wouldn't have been considered. 
So I'm excited that this question that my clients are asking me, how do they know if the opportunity is a right fit for me as opposed to the opposite? Because they've already made that shift from do I even apply to how can I understand if they're a fit for me, not just am I a fit for them? And I love that. I I think that's a big shift and one that I think we should celebrate. So back to that question, how do I know if this job or company is a fit for me? Otherwise said, is this a culture fit for my values? This is an example of how you can be relentless in aligning your values with your work. It starts with, is this the right opportunity for me? So this question has recently come up in one of my group cohorts in the You Belong in the C-Suite group coaching program. And the participants in that cohort said, you know, Laura, if I had a scorecard or something that would be really helpful to evaluate opportunities. And I love that idea so much that I decided to build out a framework for you to evaluate your next opportunity aligned with your values. So let's dig in. So this process of evaluating your next opportunity aligned with your values has three different parts. Part one is grounding yourself in your values. Part two is identifying that opportunity. And part three is evaluating the opportunity centered in your values. So first and foremost, when are we even doing this evaluation? Um, So you can do this really at any point in the process. You might, you know, follow this process before you decide to apply. You might apply to an opportunity or a job and then do this process, but I would suggest to do it before the interview stage if possible, or maybe after an initial recruiter call. So each part of these steps in the process has a couple of steps in between it. So let's start with part number one, grounding yourself in your values. I mentioned a bit ago that I love that we are even talking about this question because it means that we are shifting our mindset from figuring out if the opportunity is a fit for me versus I am a fit for this opportunity or company. So I will tell you though, that even though that's the case, there's still the negative thoughts that are going to creep in imposter syndrome and all of that other muck can still cloud our mindsets. So this part one, part of this process is really essential. Even though you may feel like you should skip it, I would say do not do that. This is one of the the most important parts. I want you to start evaluation based on some self-reflection of you and what's important to you. So part one starts with a three-minute download of your accomplishments. I want you to set a timer on your phone or ask Siri or Alexa to help you out. Journal for about three minutes and list as many things as you can. List out all the things in your life and your career that you are proud of. Nothing is too big or too small. As I think about this, I might write down things like I have my PhD. I was in the C-suite as a chief learning officer. I'm a mom of two boys. While I was an executive at a Fortune 50 company, I had those boys. Um, I was on a team that won an external award for the best learning program. I work out four to five times a week, put it all down, like just write it all out. You are an amazing individual. So what are you most proud of? So that's the first part of part one. The next part is to think about what you want in your next opportunity. And I want you to think about this, not as a role or a job title, but a critical experience. 
So what is a critical experience? A critical experience is something that you can get in a job, like running a project, being a part of a company or an industry. Um, you might list things like leading a bigger team, leading a, a project turnaround that isn't going so well, getting a role with PL responsibility. A critical experience might be an experience with a global role, something in a bigger market, a new industry. You could get a critical experience building a strategy or executing a strategy. All of those things are critical experiences. So which ones do you want to get out of your next opportunity? What critical experiences do you want in that next opportunity? I'll give you an example from my own experience here. So when I left that Fortune 50 company and was evaluating roles, I wanted to get a critical experience of helping leaders in the C-suite build and develop. I had done that for so many other types of employees from individual contributors all the way to vice presidents, first-time managers, helping them become better leaders. But I hadn't gotten a lot of experience developing the top leaders of a company. So that's one of the things that I put on my list as a critical experience. I also wrote down that I wanted to lead my own department and be on a leadership team. So those are all examples of critical experiences. And the last step of part one is writing down your values and your non-negotiables. So if you haven't identified your values, then I'm going to ask you to head to episode number one, the one thing that's helped me most in my career. And that's what that one's called. And that's how you can learn how to identify your values. But at this point, if you're listening, I'm assuming that you have done that. So I'm going to ask you to write those down and write your values down to ground yourself in those. These are the things that are important to you in your work and your life. After you do that, then I want you to write down your non-negotiables. So what is a non-negotiable? It is something that you is a must have in your role. Those could be, is it a remote role? Um, it might be a non-negotiable that you actually want to be in the office. That could be a, that could be a thing. Um, is it traveling less than 25% of the time? Is it a short commute, maybe a salary range, maybe the amount of vacation or PTO you get, any specific healthcare benefits? These are the things that you won't budge on. Write those down next. So that's part one. So at this stage, you've written down your accomplishments, you've identified some critical experiences, and you've grounded yourself in your values and written down your non-negotiables. Have you ever taken one of those quizzes that tells you which character you are from your favorite TV show? I know I've been guilty of that. It's sometimes a fun thing to do and a way to kill time at the end of a long day. You know the days I'm talking about, the days that are filled because we are so busy reacting to something during the day for work, but you need some time at night for yourself. So you find yourself scrolling and maybe taking a quiz or deep diving into your high school acquaintances vacation pics to Italy, wishing you could have taken that trip. If work hadn't been so crazy, you would. Since you're up anyway, I have a quiz for you. It's the question you've been thinking about, maybe glaringly, or maybe it's the one that's been in the back of your mind. Should I stay or should I go from this job, from this company? Are you misaligned? Are you heading for burnout? Are you already ready for your next job, but maybe just need a confidence boost? Have you already made the decision to leave, but you just haven't pulled the trigger yet? Or should you stay in place and continue to grow? 
Find out which category fits you and get the free action plan to take an intentional step in your career. Take the should I stay or should I go quiz now to download your customized action plan at thecatchgroup.com slash quiz. That's thecatchgroup.com slash quiz. You're now ready for part two. And this is about identifying the opportunity that could include the company and the role. You may find opportunities in lots of ways. You can do this through traditional methods like searching job sites like LinkedIn or Indeed. You may do this through your own network. You might hire an executive search firm to assist you in bringing you opportunities. There are many strategies for this. Whatever your strategy, I want you to evaluate not only the opportunity, but also at the organization and culture level. The best way to do this is really to get some inside intel. So who currently works there that you know? Who do you know that is connected to somebody that works at the company you're interested in working for? Who in your network is a second connection? Maybe ask them to make an introduction for you. If you don't know someone directly at the company, then I want you to be ready to ask some really targeted questions when you do get that interview. So first, what I want you to do is to start out at that organizational level. I want you to list out all of the values of the company. What does their website say? Is it consistent with their posting on LinkedIn? What about their ratings on Glassdoor? Then I want you to do some digging at the job level. List out the important characteristics and factors of the job. What's the level of the role? The company size. Who is the role reporting to? This is important because job levels are different everywhere. A lot of people don't want to leave their current job for a lateral position because what will people think, right? When in reality, it may not be a lateral. It could be a bigger job, but a smaller company and maybe the same title but it's still a different opportunity and a bigger job for you. So instead of just thinking about level, I want to see if you can identify some of those critical experiences from the job descriptions. Many will show it, some may not. Job descriptions are notoriously poorly written and sometimes not really an accurate depiction of the job. So if you're unsure, write some questions out here that you can ask someone in the interview process about what are the most important critical experiences in this role. The last part of this part of the process is to continue to get some of that intel. So you're going to most likely do this in multiple places. Remember, you are gathering data to see if this opportunity fits with your values and aspirations. So some places that you can get some information, a connect with a person who currently works there in the interview process. And here's one tip. When you are interviewing at the beginning, set the stage that you will be asking for a few questions. Don't wait until the end because you may run out of time to do that. So this is the part where you're going to do some prep on what questions to ask that will help to uncover if it's a values fit or not. And remember, you can ask these in a connect with a leader or in an interview, but here's some of the things that I'd like you to focus on. Here's just a a few thought starters for you to ask. Can you give me an example of how you reward and incentivize diversity and inclusion efforts here? Another one of my favorite questions to ask is how do decisions get made here? Here's another one. Give me an example of the last time you saw a leader not living the culture or the values. 
and how they were held accountable to do things differently? That is a really great question that will say a lot. Another question you might ask, how do you invest in talent here? Or another one, one of your company values is XYZ. What does that mean to you? And how do you see it in action in your team or department? And then how does that show up at the organizational level? So the answers to these questions or questions like these will give you a lot of information about the culture, not just what they say their culture is on their website. What other questions are aligned to your values that you'd want to understand? This is the time that you would build out some of your own questions too. So we've now completed kind of these two phases of the evaluation process. First, we've grounded yourself in your values and accomplishments. Then we've identified the opportunities and gotten more information about the culture. And the last part of this holistic framework is to evaluate the opportunity centered in your values. This is that scorecard part. I want you to think of evaluating the opportunity under these three categories. First, a values assessment. Second, a non-negotiable assessment. And third, a critical experience assessment. You'll write each of these categories as either a red flag, proceed with caution, or an A+. So first in the values assessment, you're going to review your values and the values of the company. Where do those overlap and intersect? What about the answers the interviewers gave you? I want you to go with, with your data points, but ultimately I want you to trust yourself here. If you don't see your values reflected in the actions, then that might be a red flag. So assign that red flag or proceed with caution or A plus here, depending on your evaluation. Next, I want you to to look at your non-negotiables. This is the non-negotiables assessment. I want you to be honest here. No gray lines. Is something a knockout? Are they moving back into an office situation and you need more flexibility? Is the salary range in line with your expectations and experiences? If there are any red flags here, then note them. There are places to compromise, but non-negotiables are not the place. They are just that, not negotiable. One of my non-negotiables in the past has been not moving for a role. So our family made the decision not to move multiple times. Opportunities were presented either to my husband or to me in the past, and we were aligned and we were very clear that we had we didn't have a lot of interest in moving because our support system is in the city that we live. So that wasn't, that's an example of a non-negotiable. Last, you are evaluating the critical experiences. So is this a match? Is there room for you to grow in this role? Different industry experience, bigger role in a smaller company, more accountability or a turnaround. If you aren't seeing much new stuff here, then you may label that as a red flag. I'll give you an example here. When I was interviewing at one point, there was a company that there was big values alignment. So I gave them an A plus on that. And the non-negotiables checked all the boxes. But when it came down to critical experiences, it wasn't giving me anything new that I already hadn't had. It would just have been doing the same thing as my previous job, but just at a different company. And so learning a new industry would have been a shift but not as big of a shift as I was looking for. So I made the decision to drop out of the interview process. I knew that long-term, I just wouldn't be happy there. So you've assessed your values, your non-negotiables, 
and your critical experiences and then assign them that red flag, proceed with caution or A plus. The goal is to have more A pluses than proceed with cautions. Have any red flags? This is the time to trust yourself. This is probably not the opportunity for you. So I will say I do come from a ton of privilege in my job search that I've been referencing. We had savings and a dual income household. So not everyone is in that same situation. Sometimes you need to sacrifice some of your wants and needs because you need a job that pays your bills and takes care of your family. That may mean taking a job for a little bit while still looking for another one. Oh my gosh. Can you believe I just said that? Take a job for a little bit while still looking for another one. Guess what? It happens. Is it fair to the organization if you leave after a short time? Well, that's probably another podcast episode in and of itself, but I will say that it does happen more than you realize. And in the long run, the organization that you leave, they will find another person. So not everyone is in the position to have all A pluses and green lights on every opportunity for every single thing. But I will say only, you know, what you should say yes or no to, but just do that with eyes wide open. Do not settle if you do not have to. And I think that more so than not, women go into something thinking, well, it is wonderful, except for that one thing. And then they settle. But what I really want you to do is I want you to be relentless. And I want you to put you and your values first here. Evaluating the opportunities with your values first is another way you are intentionally building a life and career that you want. You are owning your path forward. So to recap, evaluating your opportunities with your values first starts with part one, grounding yourself in your values. You do that by listing your accomplishments, your critical experiences that you want for your next opportunity, and grounding yourself in your values and writing down your non-negotiables. Part two is identifying the opportunity, and you do that by evaluating the values of that company and the important characteristics of that job. And getting some more information, that next level, you're going to be asking questions that align with your values in the interview process or with the person that currently works there. Part three is evaluating the opportunity centered in your values. And you do that by assessing your values, your non-negotiables, and your critical experiences. So after all of that, how do you feel about the opportunity? Trust yourself here. If it is a fit for you, then I am so excited for you. Now, go negotiate for what you deserve. Listen to episode 71, Negotiating Your Career Advancement with Madeline Mendoza. It was a great interview episode. And spoiler alert, you should negotiate and you should negotiate for more than just pay. Lots of things are negotiable. I hope that you have found this second episode of the Career Transition Series helpful and actionable. I'm really excited to come back next week with the third episode of this series. Until then, remember, your leadership belongs here. You belong in the C-suite. I want to thank you so much for listening to the You Belong in the C-suite podcast. If you are enjoying this content, please remember to rate and review on Apple Podcasts. By leaving a review, you are helping others find this content. We will be featuring five-star reviews on air in upcoming episodes. 
editing and support for the podcast is done by S and E podcast management to get more tips and tools to help you live a life guided by your values. Go to thecatchgroup.com. Keep your boundaries and take care.